Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, where we bring you weekly conversations with purpose-driven leaders. Our focus is to share meaningful conversations with purpose-driven people having a big social impact in our community. Our mission is to enable you to listen, connect, and grow. You can learn more at humansofpurpose.com.au. It's really interesting where we've actually landed because ultimately, again, I think back to that day when I was flicking through the newspaper and I saw the, the profit that the bank made, I was like, wow, the answer is so clear. Just set up a bank, use that money, find a cure. It's so easy. But what I've actually learned is that that's such a big idea that everybody kind of looks at you like you're pretty crazy. Welcome back to the podcast and wonderful to have you with us as always. Well, those were the reflective words of Aaron March, who is the founder of Beat Cancer. Beat Cancer believed that the best way to shorten the timeline between today and in the future when we find a cure for cancer is to use the power of business to generate cash to fund cancer research. They've created a social enterprise that sells noise-cancelling headphones and all profits fund cancer research. I recently got a chance to try out these headphones at Aaron's wonderful launch events, and I must say they're terrific quality. The sound was perfect. I couldn't hear anything of what was going on around me, which was troublesome at certain points, but generally awesome. And uh, they are probably less than a quarter of the cost of your top-line headphones like your Bose QC uh, 350s, which I own a pair of. So at $99, they are extremely affordable, and I recommend that you head to beatcancer.world to see where you can buy a pair and support the concept. I mentioned previously on the pod that our Patreon supporters are really kicking goals for us, and we're now up to five Patreon supporters, so that's very exciting for the pod, and I want to thank uh, our latest uh, supporter, Misha D, and his wife, who have kindly supported the podcast, along with uh, Joel F, McCartan, and Stuart M. So it's great we've got a little pod of um, keen supporters uh, who are keen to really get behind the Humans and Purpose concept. I'd urge you to do the same. Um, it's just a notional coffee per month at that $4 mark uh, that you can buy the podcast, and that's in exchange for the wonderful content we bring you on a weekly basis, and also, increasingly in future, to have access to the great discounts, awards, prizes, and offerings uh, that we'll be putting up, including two wonderful pairs of Beat Cancer headphones that Aaron has kindly donated to the podcast. If you are keen to get your hands on a pair of these wonderful headphones, I recommend you head to patreon.com slash humans of purpose or just click the link in the show notes and um, sign up and uh, you'll have until next Sunday, the 12th of May to do so. And then we'll, uh, we'll announce who's won those two pairs. So welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks, mate. Thanks very much for having me. Glad we could make this happen. It's been a little while of organizing, but uh, it's been a long into mad podcast following uh, Pete's wonderful uh, initiation earlier in the year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a... Uh... Wanted to sit in the chair, having a look at some of the other people who've been here before. It's, uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Well, you're a special person. You said a bit earlier you felt a bit like a pale in comparison to some of the wonderful guests we've had, but you stand on your own two feet and you're an incredibly impressive man, not just via Blue Rock, but today we're here to learn about some of the other great things you do, uh, the Bank of Cancer Research, and uh, what you're doing with all manner of equipment for your social enterprise is just incredible. Before we get into that, I'd love to hear a bit about your journey and how you arrived here today. Um, not, not via Uber, but your actual. Yeah, so, just, just clarified. <laughs> from, from the city. Um, it is. Uh, I don't know if it's interesting or not, but um, I guess I'm here because a lot of when I was younger, um, I've always had this idea that you know you, you you do only get one crack at life, so you might as well do something that's that's kind of worth it, or something that's. It's really got some purpose behind it. Um, and I guess it really just stems from that kind of, you know, thing that you want in your life from something really quite early. Have you always thought about purpose and sort of been driven in that sense from a young age? Um, as far as I'm about uh, 24, 25, because that's probably when you start to, you, you kind of do have to sort of answer those questions about what you want to do when you're older. What do you stand for? Yeah. And so um, I kind of thought, well, you've only got one crack, so do something that's that, that's really going to be worth it. And so from there I kind of thought, well, what's one of the biggest problems that the world faces? Mm. And I thought, well, three out of ten people die from cancer, so why not, why not have a crack 
about actually trying to find a cure for cancer. And so, amazing idea, right? But well, well, I, I love the ambition. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that was the idea. Shh, aim big. But the question is, like, how do you actually go about doing it? And given uh, at the time I was an accounting student or sort of studying commerce. Mm. And so I didn't really know how much to add. But there's one thought that's always stuck with me. And if you break it down to a really simple sort of problem is the only way that you're ever going to find a cure for cancer is through cancer research. Yep, that's right. And so the more that you fund research, the faster you're going to find a cure. Yep. So I guess for me, the the actual question became pretty much just that. What can you do to increase the funding levels, uh, you know, to to shorten the cancer timeline? So you're about sort of... Sim- keeping it very simple in how you thought about cancer and is that a model that's helped you, you know, do you use a, a sort of simplifying model in other areas of your life? Because that's an interesting way to break it down into components and then really tackle the component that's the causal, you know, key element maybe. Yeah, I think I think it's really important. And um, whenever I'm talking to sort of staff and clients at work, I really try to highlight, take something really complex and explain it in a way that's quite simple so, so it can be sort of digested. Yeah, so the question became sort of what can you do um, or, or how can you change the model to create additional funding for cancer research? Uh, and then I was just kind of sitting at my table one day reading, it was probably the Herald Sun or The Age, and I saw one of those ads, uh, the, the stories that pop up, the CBA made a profit of $4.5 billion. And then I just had this thought, well, if they took that money – and use it to fund cancer research, that level of increased funding can really have a huge impact on our ability to cure cancer within our lifetime. So from that thought, I've kind of been got this obsession about using business profits to fund causes or cancer research. Yep. Do you, that's an interesting one, the amount of money that it would cause, uh, that it would cost to cure cancer. How do you kind how, do, how does one contemplate that as a, to, to break down such a, um, you know, a, a paradigmatic problem into a dollar value? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's, um, it's an interesting thing. And I, the way I sort of think about it is this is another example when the world's taking on a huge problem, right? So I think of, um, when man, when man went to the moon. So JFK stood up in Congress in, a man, in, a, in his famous speech and announced that we will go to the moon, right? And so he did that on the 25th of May in 61. Then eight, uh, what is it? Eight years, one month, and 25 days later, on the 20th, uh, the 20th of July, 1969, they did it, right? And so what they've shown is that that problem existed over a timeline. And then... What you can do retrospectively, you can go back and have a look. And the Apollo mission projects, um, the costing estimates came out at about $25.4 billion. Mm. So what you can see is that um, some of the greatest problems that people face exist on a timeline. And the greatest way to impact those timelines is through funding. Yep. And sustained funding you know, yeah. towards solving a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. And so... Under that scenario, um, they were able to inspire the whole of America to fund the whole program through the tax system. And so when I look to cancer as a problem, I, I look for a different model to, to fund the research. And I think using business profits, especially around things that are commodities these days, almost like banking services yeah. are, that that would just be a a really powerful way to, to go about it. Yeah, and it, it sort of plays really well into the whole idea that young people and people generally are preferring to spend on products that have a social impact or services. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So was that kind of key to your thinking in why that might work as a market model? It, it, it is, essentially, because the way I kind of look at it, I use this horrific term called profit differentiation theory, um, oh God! Just, oh, no. just stop. <laughs> sorry, mate. The door's over there. Sorry, mate. Um, sorry, <laughs> listeners, about that. Um, but what I'm talk- what I talk about there is that if you- if you've got two identical products, um, you can basically differentiate the two based on how the profits are used. Because sure. when you think of um, when you buy a product, embedded in that choice, every time you buy something is who gets the profits from that product. 
Now you yeah. don't you don't really think about it that often. It's just something that's in there and is part of the choice. Yeah, that's an int- that's a really interesting point. And so what we aim to do um, with uh, B Cancer and BCR and Purpose Generation and all the brands is to highlight that you can differentiate products based on how you use the profits. Is part of your – you obviously believe that that is the case. Is part of it also for you learning and seeing whether that is the case, like instrumentally once you do it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that the, the key element of will somebody um, choose one product over an alternative based on how the profits are used is that the products need to be identical in every single way. Yep except for that element. Yeah, right. So it can't be... So this is a common mistake in social enterprises, thinking, let's let's just make a product, it'll be cheaper, and and it'll... You know, the profits will go to a good cause, so that means we can make it a worse product. Yeah. And people will accept that. Yeah, that, and that's... That's a fallacy. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, I don't think it's right, because people essentially buy something because they want it, and they want it to fill a need, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's why they'll why they will buy it. However, if they can buy one which is as good as the alternatives, but the profit gets used for a social cause, that's where I see the power of this model kicking in. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I see that as absolutely critical. It's interesting because there are like two things we can compare it to. You don't know where the profit's going. So a product where you don't know where the profit's going, but yeah. imagine the product where you know it's going to bad. So you might have a sliding scale really where yeah. You yeah. Know, the impact is significantly greater with like a, a, a bank of cancer research product yeah. than, uh, than, than the other way around just because, you know, if I don't know and, – and I suspect this is why a lot of brands who before were very quiet on, you know, what, what they stand for yeah. have used the, the purpose thing to jump out and differentiate. Yeah, it's it's different to you guys because you've started up on that platform. Yep. But I, I do see a bit of market creep where it's sort of like, well – we do something, we're in a market with a lot of competitors, let's just tack a bit of purpose on and, you know, make it look a little bit better and see if it jumps. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a little bit interesting. And then I, I, I guess people um, are pretty clever and they can, they can see that yeah, stuff pretty quick. straight through it, so true. Um, but, yeah, the, there's some great marketers out there who will have a crack, but, yeah. And, Astra- and Australia has a, uh, a very healthy scepticism. Oh. I love it. <laughs> it's extremely healthy. Um, I love the skeptics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about what's actually going on. So if you are actually out there uh, and it's not one hundred percent legit, you'll um, you'll get caught out pretty quickly. I would have thought. So you've got. A, I just want to understand the, the thinking and the process because you've got a suite of products now. Run me through what products you're actually selling um, and how they fit under the bank of cancer research umbrella. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's really interesting where we've actually landed because. Ultimately, again, I think back to that day when I was flicking through the newspaper and I saw the, the profit that the bank made. I was like, wow, the answer is so clear. Just set up a bank, use that money, find a cure. It's so easy. But what I've actually learned is that that's such a big idea that everybody kind of looks at you like you're pretty crazy. Like they kind of nod and smile like, you do, you good do idea. You do have um, a bit of a beard going on. Do you think that could be part of it? A bit yeah. unkempt? <laughs> That's it. It's just a... Uh, there's a bit of food, you know, there's bags under the... No, just, you, know, you, you, have to, you look yeah, great. You do have to check out every time you eat that it's not there. Um, so, yeah, so that, that, that was the goal. Um, but ultimately that idea, that, that still remains the goal. But what, we're, what I've realized is over time, You've got to take a lot of little steps to get there. Yeah. No, it's, it's very interesting. So there's the incrementalism to the visionary idea. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, was, it was late. Well, it was probably about, about this time last year where I thought I need to find a, a, another way to test this this theory that I'm talking about. So I thought, what's a, what's a fun, cool product um, that, that we can test it on? And so I just thought, wow, headphones is awesome because, you know, Everyone loves them. They're good. They're fun. Um, and hopefully there's some association with the music industry who, who, who love causes. Was it hard to arrive at the awesome Beat Cancer name? No, I think I thought up the name before I... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's You're it. like, the name is so good, I'm going to make them headphones. I think the name made it be, be the headphones. <laughs> I was like, Beat Cancer, that's mad. All right, we'll do... I'll, so I'll grab some headphones. It's so, cl- it's so clever. I love it. Yeah, and so we went out there and I was like, well, how do you do it? Um, so we tested a whole bunch, uh, slowly, uh, through, di- through different manufacturers and things. Um, and oddly enough, the first pair that I ever, we ever ordered, uh, we ended up going with them. So 
it was cool. Um, the good things about them is that they're a good, fun product. They hit right at our target market. Um, they they have good margins in them. Yep. So you, it's not a it's not as much of a volume game as um, some other products. So I'm curious about the decision to do tech because I think maybe it hadn't been done before. Because how do you ensure quality or enough quality? but still get margins to do stuff with. Yeah. So, because that's why that's I think most people do things like coffee, um, maybe some basic fashion goods. Yeah. Um, aside from the awesome naming, how, how did you think or why did you think you'd succeed in tech? Um, it's really, now that I think back of it like that, um, it was more just picking the product around something that was like a fun product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with also some complexities in it um, to go above, say, competing on just like shirts and hoodies or, or kick cups and things yep, like that. Yep. So, again, I thought, yeah, it, just go for something a, a little bit higher up. Yeah. Um, and I was, happy to, I was able to find quite a number of suppliers that um, could make really high-quality high quality stuff. That's awesome. And so, so what's the – can I ask about prices, the price point for the headphones? Yeah, and that, that's the other bit. Um, along with the purpose element that we aim to compete on, is because you think of uh, the Bose. Don't get me wrong; they're amazing. Oh, they're great. Yeah. QC, uh, whatever, three fifties. <laughs> that's how I roll. Like they're just spectacular. Yeah. Right? Um, but I don't know what it is. I've been to the airport quite a few times, and I'm standing there, and I want to buy them, and I want to buy them, and I want to buy them, but I just never did. Mm. Right? And, mm. and I never do, and I, and I still go there and put them on. I'm like, oh, gee, that's magical. Um, <laughs> But it's the price. Like I, I could, I could never ju- justify um, five fifty on a product that, let's be honest, I'm probably going to lose or or break or, or just use more. Yeah. Or, or I go the other way. It's too good to use. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I've got. A That's few. the worst buying a product. Oh. I bought a. I made the mistake of buying a really nice watch recently. Yeah. And uh, then I got a Fitbit, and I'm like, what, what the hell am I doing? I mean, I bought this classy watch for special occasions. Turns out, when you work in an offer profit and run a podcast, you don't have to wear a really nice antique watch very often. So. <laughs> yeah, and my wife, my wife Claire, always puts in to me like, if we buy expensive stuff, we're using it. So get yep. ready for it to get broken. Yep. Um, but yeah, but, but for some reason, I've, I've never actually bought them. So. In designing this, we wanted to, um, I guess, reach an entirely new market of people that re- wanted to buy high-quality noise-canceling headphones at a price point under 100 bucks. So, yeah, that's it. We're selling it there on sale for $99. And it's an interesting price point, I think, because it's sort of about around commitment and donation. I think that under just under $100 mark is a really effective price mechanism. Yep, ab- absolutely. So, I, th- I think it just... Ex- you know, in in the what is it? The blue ocean theory is about ex- creating new markets or extending market yeah. barriers. I really do think it makes a, a, a bit of a gap because at the time when we started it, there weren't good quality headphones at that price point, and so there we've extended it uh, the market to create um, a product that really suits that market, mm-hmm. differentiate differentiate both on price and then purpose as well yeah so yeah no it's a great answer um one thing that i thought was pretty funny that you told me someone asked you recently is um what are you going to do when you solve cancer is it do you go out of business or <laughs> yeah um it's it's funny like because because people you get some comments around how it all works and they said oh so so you just fund cancer research do you? just i love that yeah and i was like i was like oh <laughs> It's like, I know there's lots of good causes out there, but mm. I, I thought that was all right. Um, so, so then it's, um, I thought, well, how can we expand this and expand the model? Because um, I know we said we we're going to talk about economic models and things. Oh, please. So, I can't wait. But basically, <laughs> the type of business I run, I call it um, a purpose entity. Yeah. Right? Because there's, and everybody's got definition. Uh, definitions for their social enterprises and how they are but i just none of them seem to sit with mine so i created it's just a purpose entity all it is is a business that makes a profit to fund causes yep right and so under that model there's two barriers Hmm. um or, or or limitations to effectively if we're talking about um uh beat cancer yep 
one limitation is the cause and the second limitation is that you only sell headphones. Yep. So there's two ways to, to expand it. You can fund more causes or you can add more products. Yep. So effectively, uh, yeah, the purpose, the best thing about the purpose entity model, it is, it's just a very simple formula, a company that generates a profit mm. to fund a cause. Mm. And so, and, and so, so will a big barometer of success or the only success point that matters is, are you making sufficient uh, profit that is going into the causes that you've nominated? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's yeah. it. And so if you think from a, a, a big cancer point of view, our cause is cancer and our, our business is selling headphones. And so, and that's what we operate. Yep. Same model. If it does become a bank, you're funding um, cancer research and your business is running a bank to generate the cash flows to yep. fund the research. So it's a very, very sort of simple model. Do you see us living in a world someday where there are just all kinds of businesses that exist that, you know, are segmented based on what you care about socially? So uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And this is, this is just an interesting thing to, to talk about, right? So people go, oh, so who are your competitors? Um, and I was like, well, um, because some people seem to, th- it's bizarre, seem to think that other cancer charities would be a competitor mm-hmm. or other cancer research facilities. I was like, no, no, no. They're your teammates. They're, they're the ones on it with you to, to, to help you um, achieve your goal. Mm-hmm. Um, because all of these, all of the, 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 two, the two brands that I've got, the, the mission statement or the purpose statement is super clear. It's cure cancer. Yep. For and this one, it's probably probably beat cancer. Yep. But you know, that's it. And yep. so if anybody is is taking actions to help you achieve your goal, you see them as being on your team. Mm. And so the interesting discussion point is what if you've got a social enterprise that sells um uh, noise cancelling headphones mm-hmm. to fund another cause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the, the crowding yeah. out effects sort of – I mean, so so maybe a way to reframe that is we have hundreds of um, cancer research charities uh, in Australia at the moment. Yeah. Um, are you, by being in the market, displacing uh, – are you substituting, you know, in people paying you instead of donating to those cancer – I think the answer is no because there's clearly different types of people in markets. So yeah. what, what you're doing – I don't think you're taking from the same bucket, so to speak. I think you're identifying a new – market social conscience and then, you know, helping realize that through products and then actually adding more water into the same bucket. Yeah. Is that how you would see it? Absolutely. How I see this business, it's effectively a funding mechanism yep. for a charity. So, and, and we aim to, to partner with all of the, the major cancer research um, facilities around Australia and hopefully one of the world, um, just as a way of providing them cash have you thought about how you might decide which ones you um give to and how much or whether i mean even right now do you just give to one or what's your kind of position right now yeah it's it it comes down to these you know who's going to help us achieve that that mission or the the purpose that we set so it's like everything you want the best return for your in this case it'll be sort of a philanthropic investment right yeah yeah and so it's just going to be a matter of working through um, very various characteristics of those um, research centers to see who's actually um, developing the best cancer treatments. Yep. And so I'm still not sure where I sit with this, whereas do I want to see fun or over time, is it, is it better to fund a, you know, a, a research house, which spends most of, as a percentage, most of their money on research and, and less on admin because this, this yep. is a topic that gets talked about a lot. Yeah. Or if is it better to look at on a results basis, who has actually produced the most drugs that have had an impact uh, over a time period and then fund them? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a few biases that play into that or uh, myths. Yeah. One would be just around, I think, admin costs, uh, and not sort of seen anymore as a credible indicator of how lean or efficient yeah. a, a charity is. And, and the reason being is that if you incur more admin costs and you're, you're providing great margins and you're doing good amount of good, yeah. um, then you, you're probably putting more money into innovation, which is a good use of admin expenditure. Yeah. Like if you're somebody who wants to fund a really, really lean not-for-profit, you can do that, yeah. but they've probably got almost no innovation um, yeah. and nothing – 
going into growing the business. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think it's very hard to look at that. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned, what was the other uh, part? So was it spending on people who do most of their time researching versus proven track record? Well, one bias that's in that is if you're backing winners, people are already backing those winners because they're winners. So if you're just jumping on board, yeah. are you yeah. having a kind of good impact pound for pound or are you just really laying money on top of all those investors have already backed them to success because yeah. success yeah. sort of maybe at the time you see it it's already attracted significant funding yeah um, whereas you you also may not have time to go out in the field and see who's doing really cutting edge research who isn't yet funded because yeah. that's a whole mar- that's a philanthropy market in itself yeah. so it'd be interesting to see which way you go and i think i think ultimately I'll, I'll take an approach similar to how we run um, a lot of the businesses that we work with. For that, I'd say that's probably an area like pick, picking someone to give the money to. I've probably got uh, limited expertise. Yeah, I might have some some things that I think are good. Yeah. Um, so I think the best thing to do would just be an establish uh, some type of advisory board of experts. Yep. To provide recommendations. Capacity building of the organisation. Yeah. Which I think is really strong. And I mean, I hear that a lot in my line of work, you know, people, philanthropy and whatnot, wanting to fund capacity building over programs or, you know, certain research centres. Yeah. Um, making sure that they have the access to the best. Because we do know that a lot of great research centres and, you know, not-for-profits and foundations that do run very lean. Yeah. So, yeah. But they do already pretty outstanding work. So they're maybe a little bit better funded in those areas. I mean, you could see some more breakthroughs, and you know, the other yeah. thing is, you know, how do you how do you tell what what are the KPIs? What does the journey look like towards solving cancer? Yeah. Uh, what are the KPIs and benchmarks? You know, is it sort of new patent every year or two? Is it new um, FDA approved drugs every three years? Yeah. Don't know. It's very interesting, isn't it? One of the the things you question is, um, do people see this as uh, as a donation and therefore it might be taking donations away from other charities and things like that the way i want to set it up is that one of the one of the main benefits um, of the purpose model is for the customers is that they get to um, effectively donate to charities at no additional costs to themselves beyond mm. the purchases of the products that they make. Yeah. And they can do that because they, they're, they're choosing to donate the profit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so if you think, and, and this becomes quite powerful because people, yeah, they, they can donate to charities with no additional costs. So for example, every time people buy a thank you water, embedded in there is a percentage of that price that is funding water charities. Yeah. When they buy, think of these headphones. We run pretty lean at the moment, and so built into our, our cost structure, when you buy them in there somewhere, depending on exchange rates and insurance costs mm-hmm. and, and things like that, there's a, around about 40% that's available um, to be donated. It's nice. Yeah. Nice, really nice for that product. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then from the consumer's point of view, um, they just spent 100 bucks on headphones, and they got awesome headphones. Right, uh, yeah. and that's really meeting their needs. Yeah, that, that they believe to be worth a hundred dollars of yeah, pure, abs- you know, money for exchange for goods situation. Yeah. Absolutely, and so that's that's one of the beauties. We're changing a way that people can give to charities yeah. Yeah. without asking for donations. I, I love that. I, I think we I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but you know, you can replace almost anything with a um, social enterprise product that's almost or good or or better in a lot yeah. of cases, like. You know, uh, Frank Green cups. Uh, who gives a crap? Toilet paper. Yeah. Um, you know, it goes on and on. Bellroy goods. I mean, there's a, there's businesses everywhere that are really making their own that market for. Yeah. You know, it's almost substituting out non-purposeful items. Yeah, and like, if you really set yourself up with it, so uh, you know, you rock up, you're wearing your Tom's shoes, you're your big cancer headphones, you're drinking thank you water, uh, you got a purpose generation shirt on, and you're reading the big issue. Right, embedded in there, <laughs> you've just bought stuff that you'd buy anyway. Yep. But it's not Sony, Nike, Franklin, Mount Franklin. Yep. But in there, you've probably un- subconsciously donated fifty to fifty to eighty dollars of profits to charities. So it's like uh, voting with your feet a little bit and being conscious of where your money goes, rather than just um, buying the best without a 
a care because now we have that choice. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and where the dream to get to is it um, conceptually Australia's got four banks and we've got 24 million people, mm-hmm. right? So embedded in that is they're making, with some very rude math, sorry, bro, uh, they're making $1,250 per person per year. Mm-hmm. So imagine the impact that you could have on cancer research if every person was able to donate $1,250 per year. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's, that, that, yeah. that's the sort of shift that, that I think we need to be able to, to, to fund, to provide enough funding to find a cure so yeah. within our lifetime or our, our kids. That's fascinating. I wonder, like, um, in Aaron's brain, like, do you think about one day we'll walk down the street and it'll be like um, beat hepatitis greengrocer? And like, you know, <laughs> That's it. It'll be like everything will be, will have like, you know, it can have a higher meaning or you can choose to, you'll have so many options, like anything you want. I want a new pair of, um, uh, I want a new pair of sandals, you know, yeah. go to the, uh, to the eradication of malaria sandals shop. Yeah, you know? ab- ab- Absolutely. Um, because it just seems that just a, a great way to generate yeah. uh, cash flows to fund causes without having to to just donate makes a lot of sense. Because to be, to be honest, for for so many people, to, donations just not a realistic thing. You know? Yeah, but like, what are, maybe one thing I'm missing when they buy the headphones, do they they don't get any kind of tax? It's not a DGR kind of situation because it's a business, or is there deduction on it because it's a donation? No, it's, it's, it's not. It's, 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 the thing, if if you go back to that, the uh, you know profit differentiation yep. theory concept, yep. the product is exactly the same mm. as if you bought, say, a pair of Sony. Yep. Right, and, and what you're saying is that, well, I will buy the B, B cancer headphones over the Sony headphones because of how the profits are used. Do you think there's? Um, do you think people would feel better or worse? Um, buying from a social enterprise that supports a cause or buying from like a – or just donating directly because like there's the Good Samaritan effect if you, you know, you put your oh, – look, it's Christmas, $100 into uh, Cancer Research Fund or random person Joe's just like, oh, I really need a pair of headphones, I'll buy them and that will support cancer research. So so one, you're feeling good because you've got something you need and will really value yeah. and you know it's aligned to a purpose. The other one, you get to feel good because you're not getting anything and it goes direct to a charity. I wonder kind of like how they weigh or – must be different for each person. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I guess it's down to sort of personal preference. Yeah. So, you know, I think um, a lot of my mates w- would like to get something along with their donation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Your mates sound like horrible people, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they're great boys. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think that's right. So, but what, what I really want to do in here, and the test will be if this, if, if this product works, there'll be people who buy it who don't know that the profits get given away. Very interesting. Do you know what I, mean? I think? It's that good a product that I, they're buying for the product alone. Yeah, I, I, so you're yeah, almost trying to blind I, yourself from the profit differentiation theory. You want, you want the same result even though you, you, you want the upside of the profit differentiation theory, yeah. but you, you want the product to be good enough that it doesn't matter. That, that's right. I think, yeah, because, again, yeah, if, if, I think that's a true test. If the product is good enough that people would buy it over the competitors anyway, you're away. So what kind of people would not think you're crazy for trying something like this? And who supported you? Because I know you're, you've got a great little um, team and fiefdom at Blue Rock with a lot of inspiring characters. Yeah. How's that played into what you're doing here? Um, oh, the team at Blue Rock's amazing. It's, a, it's, such, a, it's such, a, such an amazing place. And um, we, we did a, a little... Um, Employee survey uh, today, and they're like, and they asked, "What what do you like about working there?" And what I talk about is the 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 idea of sort of unlimited opportunity, hmm. and so you can actually provider that makes common sense come up with an idea that you want to run with, be whether it uh, a new service line, new business stream, uh, new target markets, and people just you're just free to go and do it. But not only freedom, you're supported to go and do it. Are you ever so, worried that someone's just going to have like a terrible idea and feel like they should have autonomy to do it or will it get crushed early in? I do. <laughs> Maybe no, I'm sure there's some shockers around there. Um, don't worry, I've had a few knocked back. 
Um, but but no, it's overlaid with you know commercial common sense. Yes. Yeah. So when I say that, it, I compare that if you're um, working in one of the bigger advisory firms, if you know if you wanted to take an equity stake in one of your clients, it, it'd just be no. It, it you'd just be kind of shut down, and you don't have freedom to do that. Um, j- just as an example that popped up. Um, but yeah, the, the team at Blu-ray have been just incredible. Um, Pete, the founder, I can remember the first time I met him when we were sitting at the stairs of, of, of Blue Rock talking about social enterprises. And it was just so interesting to see, uh, I guess, the founder of a firm that size to be so engaged yeah. with, with social enterprises and the topic. And then uh, it, was, it was awesome. As soon as it came out, Pete just slipped through uh, an order and he just bought a, bought a pair for everybody at Blue Rock. So it was pretty special. So thanks, Pete. Cheers, mate. That's really nice. I'll yeah. make sure he listens to this episode. Or maybe you can make sure he listens to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bring Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and so... Well, that's a really... I mean, it must feel amazing to work in such a supportive culture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's... um, Yeah, it really is great because when, when I turned up there, um, it's sort of like what type of sort of businesses do you, what, do, do you want to work with? And normally you'd, you'd pick an industry. So like, oh, you want to work with motor dealers yep. or you want to work with hospitals or, yep. or medicos. Um, and I sort of told him, I just want to work with purpose-led businesses. And, and They first and, say, what is that, <laughs> firstly? And, and, I, and I thought, <laughs> when I was thinking, I was thinking, like, I don't know what they're going to say back to this. Um, but um, the lady I work with, Steph, just looked at me and goes, awesome, let's do it. And have, so, have at it. Yeah. So again, just, just again, full support with sort of unlimited opportunity. Just go for it. Just go mm. make it happen. Mm. That's really exciting. One of the things that um, some of your team, I met with your people and culture league, Kim, was just fantastic. Yeah. And one of the things she talks about is just fun being a key priority for your office. And uh, I felt like the main things to come out of that chat were fun and entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I use the terms that it's um, – expertise built on experience um and so and so if you look at pete um his story is that um he kind of looked at it as a, at a bit odd that he was doing business advisory not running any businesses so he went out and bought a pub and now that pub has turned into a hospitality group mm. that will have revenue of somewhere over 25 million dollars this year mm. so yeah so you get this really great blend of the entrepreneurial spirit mixed in with um, yeah advisory work. How does your how do you manage your time and how does your day work? Because I mean, obviously, this launch has been huge for you and you're you're hard at it um, at Blue Rock as well. But I still manage to catch you at all these social impact meetup type events. Are <laughs> you going tomorrow morning? Oh yeah, it's on, it's on tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. so I'll oh, see you tomorrow morning. BRM project shout out to Stu Schmidt. Yes, uh, good work. <laughs> but how do you like? I mean, it's a lot going on. Do you have much time to yourself, or how do you sort of make sure that you're optimally spread across the right things? Um, you can say coffee. That's okay. Yeah, lots of coffee. <laughs> um, you have it's you have to have you have to be pretty organised, which I'm not. So I use a lot of tools to help me i've um, seen you write very short response emails that seem to be like in, <laughs> in, they're almost in in, in code because they're so short yeah it's like three words sorry to, sorry to anyone who thinks that's really rude <laughs> i love them um, i love them i think it's great time saving but yeah um this year i don't know my mates goes on about the 5am club have you heard that um we just get up at five is that the robin sharma thing or yeah so explain so you just wake up at 5am is that it yeah, that's as far as I looked it into. Yeah, but, <laughs> I just got to the cover. Yeah, I was like, oh, that, that's very much. But yeah, this year um, I started doing that. But you get up, I, I get up at five thirty. Generally, go to gym and get all that stuff out the way. Nice. So then I'm back home six thirty, ready to go, and then yeah, just go for it. But the what time do you crash? And do you crash like a baby? You're like, oh, yeah, ten o'clock, ten o'clock, nine thirty, pretty bad. Um, horrific at falling asleep on Netflix. Yeah, I'm a chronic sitter in that department. Everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't have a TV in your room. You just make sure there's tea-scented <laughs> candles and a book. By the end of the day, I cannot – like the last thing my eyes want to strain on is a book. I love reading, but yeah. I'm not a kind of um, zen master warrior of winding down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, with, with a lot of this stuff, it, it was really interesting. One time 
I, I just met this guy, this this guy randomly, and he told me, he goes, if ever you're feeling pressure from a to get something done, that just take the time for it to be finished element out. Take the timeline off, and you'll you won't be under that pressure to get it done, and you you'll be able to you're still working on it, um, and so that that kind of helps. That's an interesting hack. Yeah, so because otherwise you can really get yourself super stressed if this is not done by then, it's not done. You just set yourself longer timelines. Do you allow yourself sort of like, um, do you have set times during the day that are for, reserved for bank of cancer and beat cancer um, versus blue rock? Or are you happy to just sort of, you do what needs to be done when is best for you or? Um, uh, blue rocks. What is that? It's very, um, very flexible. It's still lots of hard, fun work. Mm. So that's probably uh, eight till six thirty, And then this stuff, you just come home. And, you know, instead of watching House of Cards that night, you know, just spend an hour. <laughs> the last season's not worth it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you spend an hour trying to work out Shopify. Yeah. Um, but but you're learning so much. I mean, you, you seem to have um, – I, I actually don't see you as dissimilar from Pete in a lot of ways. I, I think you, you're both – Don't tell <laughs> <laughs> me. That, that's, that's a big compliment because uh, right. I think the world of both of you. But I think um, you're both kind of really curious and I think you're – Open-minded, and I think you're both mad scientists of sorts. <laughs> yeah, like you're willing to just try. Thanks, mate. So, so only like you and Pete, a, a very few people I could think of who would um just come up with a you know such a different idea for a consulting business that's really flourished. Yeah, and hospitality, and yourself with the bank of cancer and beat stuff. I'm yeah. saying you go from strength to strength, and I just think they're such unique ideas, and um, you seem to really revel in the learning journey. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I do just kind of like, I don't know, it must be curiosity or something, just, just to get in there and have a look. Um, but you mentioned just before um, how do you get it done and, and the people that have supported you. Yes. It, it comes down to great support through that tight-knit group of friends and family. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So the, I've heard of this concept, friends, and not yet, <laughs> but always working on it. Mate, don't you have – I'm your 116th. <laughs> You've got heaps now, mate. <laughs> you're in my top. You're in my top one twenty. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it's it's their support. So when you when you talk to some ideas like this, it's the, there's people who take the time to just not tell you that you're too crazy or, or, or say it's a rubbish idea or, or say it won't work. It's the the people who can sort of nudge you to constructively think about some things that'll get you on the path. Uh, to keep going, that's the really powerful um, and stuff that you really appreciate. Mm-hmm. So, has your wife been in all this? What, what kind of role has she played in the um, sort of the, the cancer um, bank and the headphones and sort of your mix? And you know, yeah, I know, I, I know for myself, it's been super important to have my wife's support. Yeah, uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do any of the stuff I've done. Yeah, absolutely, it, it's super important because for me, um, Claire's brilliant and. I can just ask her stuff and she's probably smarter than me. It gives me better answers or, or, or sets me on a better path than if she wasn't around, if, if I didn't get the chance to ask her. Mm. Um, and, and so that's sort of really valuable and, you know, you, you have trust and, and that they're, you just value what the advice they give you. Oh, I reckon my wife's a much better entrepreneur than I've ever been, and she's never done entrepreneurship. Yeah, or any businesses. <laughs> she's, she's a cardiologist, but she her knack for kind of, you know, just ideas and what will work and what won't work. Yeah, um, has you really guided me well. In the yeah, journey. and she's very gentle. She never says anything's really a shit idea or really bad. <laughs> you okay. probably get that enough at work. <laughs> <laughs> So Aaron, just Aaron like, that'll never work. She's like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Um, and then she'll, yeah, she'll just be like, oh, maybe I wouldn't do that one. So then you kind of know that it's... The best is, oh, maybe hold off on that one just to you know make sure that this one works out. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's it, yeah. What did she say? Because uh, um, we were talking before and you mentioned... Don't go too much on about the economic stuff. You can talk a bit. We're 42 minutes in. Now's a good time. It's a, yeah. It's a, no, All no, the people who don't really like the podcast are gone, so just, just the real yeah, no, yeah. Nobody, Nobody's left. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's it's just me you left now. Listen, yeah, yeah. Listening back. You basically turn it off and just keep talking. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah, so I go down this path. I'm like, 
oh, Claire, it's a huge day. We're going to take steps to more, towards a more creative capitalism that's going to better align market forces, <laughs> um, to better align market forces with people's needs and wants. And she looks at me like, no, don't, don't go with that. I was like, what? <laughs> that's amazing. I was like, come on, Claire. That's amazing. I was like, she's got to go big. And she's like, no, 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 no. Go small. Yeah, Louise is always like, um, to be honest, Mike, I think the podcast is great, but I'm just not sure about um, anything else you're doing. <laughs> I'm just like, look out, reality oh, check. Wow. Yeah, she's, she's, okay. it's more she's, she's brutal. She's brutal. But um, the thing is, you can't buy that kind of honesty. The, the honesty from the ones that you love and love you, it's, it's you know, it'll reveal so much. And but people, you know, everyone else, oh, it's great what you're doing. It's great. But sometimes you need that brutal, honest feedback to sort of, yeah. you know, Tether your direction. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you a bit about, um, obviously, you've got great mentors and people around you at Blue Rock. Are there there people sort of outside that you particularly look up to or inspire you in the work that you do? Um, I kind of sort of go big on that kind of stuff. I'm really huge fans of Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and what they do uh, and just how they go about it. I've read all the the old school Warren Buffett books. Hackwood's Warren Buffett. Oh, I love him. Intelligent I'm a investor. huge fanboy. Yeah. yeah. I, do, I just can't get enough. I'm just like, this is great. You seen the HBO documentary? Yeah. So yeah, good. It's brilliant. So good. Eats Maccas every day. Yep. Coke, Coke tap installed in his house. <laughs> in- incredible. I love the, um, if you've ever got a spare five or six hours, jump on YouTube and they play the Berkshire Hathaway um, annual company meetings. <laughs> and they've got them going back. <laughs> and it's five or six hours each year. And they go back from now all the way back to the mid-90s. Yeah, that's And it's amazing. him and his mate, Charlie Munger, yeah. just sitting there. Half of it's comedy and yeah. half of it is just like brilliant economic minds. Yeah. It's, his shareholder letter is definitely a highlight as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, it's incredible. So, yeah, I spent a, a lot of time reading and following what, what they're up to. What I like about Buffett is he, he invests in things he really likes. Yeah. But like yeah. – I know that's a simple statement, but it's like some of the stuff is gut and intangible. So, yeah. like, I like that he always loved McDonald's as an iconic American brand, yeah. and, and he eats it every day. Yeah. So he's just like, well, this is a thing. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's um, in the in the documentary. He's, um, his wife used to put the money on the bench. Yeah, <laughs> depending on how they think the market's going. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. he um, he. Yeah, so he varies his burger decision based on whether he thinks his portfolio is up or down. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's next level. How about locally? Is, sort of this, is there much on the scene? I mean, I know you get to a lot of events. I've seen you, you know, at social impact meetups. You've really come to a lot of social impact things. Are there people doing things here that you, you sort of think, oh, that, that's really cool, I'd like to look at that, or, you know, examples out there that you think are relevant for both, you know, maybe for Blue Rock or for Bank of Cancer Research? Yeah, the, the the social enterprise scene in Melbourne has really taken off. Oh, man, it's flourishing. Hey, the one we went to last week was the most Melbourne thing I've ever done. <laughs> Going to a social meetup, <laughs> drinking drinking coffee, walking through the botanic, no, botanical it? gardens. It was a social impact meetup group that was a walk through the botanical gardens. Yep. It was just next level. You know, the best part is the, the B&I that followed because it was like so the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I don't, I don't even know what to do. I've never been to a BNI. It was my first impact yeah. meetup. I was like, oh, what are the things I'm supposed to say? And then, of course, I was first in the circle. So I just that was that was <laughs> that was good. How you were first, full on. It was just like, and then I, I was like, oh, can I can I go again? I, yeah. I realise now what how I do it properly. Yeah. Have you been to BNIs other than that one? Yeah, they're pretty. They're interesting. Definitely interesting. Um, it's so full on. Like it's, it's such a structured approach to helping each other. Yep. Well, I've. Um, I've never gone back because I think that the way they work, they limit it to, to one type of advisor within the groups. Yeah. It's like a, a, um, a European village in the 16th century. Isn't it? Yeah. No, sorry, we've already got a dentist. You, yeah. can't, you, you can't come. You can't be here. Fred's um, our dentist. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a whole bunch of people doing cool stuff. Um, I always love what Matt from Volley does with his, with his platform. I think that's really cool. There's a, a gentleman in the um, social impact meetup group who's – um, organizing a concert for the victims of the Christchurch shooting. Oh, wow. So I know he's putting in a ton of work um, on that, and, and so that's that's a bit of a standout project. So just in case our listeners don't know about this, do you want to give a quick plug what this social impact meetup thing is? Because I, I feel like you're pretty involved or 
you know, maybe not organised. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah. I'm just a big fan and turn yep. up. Yep. Um, so Rob, Steve, uh, Rob from Rankin Lawyers, uh, Steve Schmidt and Matt from Volley set up the social impact meetup group. And it's, a, it's this cool little group where we basically, uh, we meet up every fortnight on a, on a Wednesday morning. Um, to, we met up as social impact businesses, but then to also talk about how we can intersect profit with our social impact businesses. Yes. And so it's about, it's almost about looking about how we can do business with other um, social enterprises or, or, or purpose-led businesses that are around. So it, it, it's got this cool flavor of social enterprise driving business with each other because, you know, there's nothing wrong with having purpose and profit. Yeah, well, that, that you, one needs the other, right? I mean, you're going to run out of purpose if you've got no profit. That, that's absolutely so. Um, put yeah, that, and, put and, that on a pair of headphones. <laughs> Sorry. Bang. <laughs> that could be the that could be the second version. Uh, T-shirt. We, we wheel that out. Yeah, so it's good. It's a good little group. I mean, I've been enjoying it. Um, and it's every second Wednesday, isn't it? In the morning, there's a Slack group and a LinkedIn group. So yep. I think Matt Boyd is the one to contact about that. And if anyone is listening and is keen, just hit me up at hello at purposeful.com.au and I'll forward it on to Matt. Do talk to me about um, what people can do to support what you're doing and where they can find um, your wonderful products and to learn more about um, all the things you're, you're up to at Banky Cancer Research. If you want to um, get a pair of uh, the Beat Cancer headphones, they're for sale on our website, which is uh, beatcancer.world. Uh, and there's a bunch of other products up there too. How can people connect with you and learn more um, about you know, just the, the you side of things. Is it, do, you, do you want to give out an email or are you best on LinkedIn or how to yeah. get you best? Um, there's heaps of ways to get me. Um, go to uh, LinkedIn, Aaron March, I'm up there. Or just go straight to the Blue Rock website, mm-hmm. just punch in the search directory, um, Aaron March, and uh, all my details will pop up there. One of the best Probably websites the best. you'll see. Yeah, oh, it, it, it is, uh, it's unreal. If you haven't been, yeah, it's worth just going to check it out. Awesome. Well, mate, thank you so much for coming in. Um, you were just merged up more than any guests we've ever had, so that was special in <laughs> itself. Thanks, man. And looking forward to seeing you tomorrow morning and next week. Awesome, mate. Looking, looking forward to yeah. <laughs> A week of Aaron. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player. Why not share the podcast with a friend? You could also leave us a five-star review in your podcast player. You may also want to join us for one of our regular live podcasts or to become a show sponsor. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com.au and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook.